Our third reading is a, a gospel reading from St. Luke, and out of respect for the gospel of our Lord, I ask you to, to stand. Soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her, and he said, Don't cry. Then he went up and touched the coffin, and those carrying it stood still. He said, Young man, I say to you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. They were all filled with awe and praised God. A great prophet has appeared among us, they said. God has come to help his people. This news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding country. This is the gospel of our Lord. You may be seated now. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, peace be with you in Jesus' name. This is the fourth Sunday now that we have uh, gone through some of the miracles of our Lord Jesus Christ as part of his big reveal uh, to us about who he is as our Lord and our Savior. And it's interesting to me that in the past three, uh, or the last three of these, including this one here today, they're all uh, similar in that at the very end of the account, they all talk about how the people were amazed. But today's story is a little different in that regard, even though it talks about how they were amazed, just like uh, our, our previous two uh, stories from the previous two weeks. In, in the previous two weeks, that was uh, when Jesus cast out the demon possessed, uh, or the demon from the demon possessed man, and then he calmed the storm. At those times, the people were so amazed that it led to kind of a bewilderment uh, and questions. You know, what is this? What's going on? Who is this guy? But today's story, after the miracle of the resurrection, there are no questions. There are simply some awesome statements of faith, some, some great declarations of who Jesus is. And, and so I just want to say to you, listen to the crowd in that story. Listen to them right there at the end of that story where they say to you, in Jesus, God has come to help his people. And as we go through this story, we'll see that happen in two ways. First of all, that, Jesus, that in Jesus, God has come to help his people with love. And secondly, in Jesus, God has come to help his people with life. So my dear friends, I simply say to you this morning that God in the person of Jesus has come to help you 
certainly the resurrection of this young man is kind of a highlight of the, of the story. And I think we'd all agree that uh, raising a person back to life, well, that's just downright impressive. <laughs> the miracle, to end all miracles, we might even say. But I don't want you to miss something else in this story that I think is equally as impressive. And that simply is the love of Jesus, the love and compassion that Jesus showed this woman. And so the first thing we want to stop and take note of in this story is, is that in Jesus, God has come to help his people with love. Now, clearly, this woman in the story was in a tough situation, right? We, we all know it is a tough, tough road when you lose a, a close and dear member of the family. And I've got to imagine that it's especially tough when it's a child, your own child that you lose to death. But, but Luke says that there's even more to this than that. Luke makes sure to mention that this is her only child. And on top of that, it is her son, which means that, uh, which has, well, economic and financial support ramifications because Luke also makes sure to mention that she is a widow. She has already lost her husband previously. So now with both her husband and her only son gone, for that day and age, that would have been a tough, tough situation for her. It would have meant no viable means of support. So it gets me to wondering, what was she thinking when this happened, when her son died? Would she have been joining the thousands of other people in this world who would be shaking their fist at God and saying, God, don't you love and care for me? I mean, God, first of all, you only give me one child, and then you take not only my husband, but now my only son away from me? Aren't you a God of love and mercy? Don't you care about me, God? At any rate, I think we've got to recognize that this woman is, is in a tough situation. But here we are now at the funeral when our story takes place, and the funeral procession is leaving the city, heading out the city gates, presumably to go to the burial site, and in comes Jesus. And out of this large crowd of people that's part of this funeral procession, he sees her. And as only he can do, he immediately understands her situation, her plight. And it says, when the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her. I love the way that uh, the NIV translate that. His heart went out to her. Other translations simply say he had compassion on her. The idea behind the original Greek word there is a feeling that's down deep in the gut, down deep inside, that, that, that moves you in, in some way. Kind of like what we might say when you have a gut reaction about something or something is gut-wrenching for us. Or since it also has the idea of sympathy and pity and love, maybe the way we talk about loving somebody from the bottom of our heart. At any rate, it is the idea of something that is deep inside of us, uh, internal and all-consuming, and that moves us. 
That's what Jesus was feeling for that woman. He didn't know her from Eve. He could have just walked on by. They were complete strangers. But instead, it says he saw her and his heart went out to her. That's the kind of God we have, people. The kind of God we have in Jesus, a God who comes to help his people with this deep down, gut-wrenching, bottom-of-the-heart kind of love. I imagine you're all familiar with this really long passage of Scripture that talks about this. It says, God is love, right? That's just simply his nature. God is love. But I want to tell you that I really think that that is just as impressive and even miraculous as the resurrection that we're about to talk about. But that love is so impressive. And I think I stand with Paul in uh, Romans chapter 5 when he talks about that. He says, you know, maybe a person might possibly die on behalf of someone who they think is worth it, worth dying for. But even that would be rare. And then he goes on to say, but God's love is so impressive that his heart goes out to us even while we were sinners, even while we are sinners, even while we're unworthy and unlovable. That's the kind of love that God has for us. That, my friends, is true love, really, to love the unlovable, to love us even though we are his enemies, to love us even though we are his people who bear his name and yet we betray him in thought, word, and deed on a regular basis. But that's God's nature. It is simply to love us, no matter what. And so if ever you are uh, burdened with your guilt, thinking that your sin is such that God can't possibly love and forgive you, if ever you find yourself in a pitiful situation like this widow, or for whatever reason, you're starting to think, well, maybe God doesn't really care a nickel's worth about me and what I'm going through because of all the trouble I'm seeing, then, then think about this widow of Nain and her situation and how Jesus' heart went out to her. And remember, that's simply God's nature. That he loves you with this deep down, gut-wrenching, bottom-of-the-heart kind of love. In Jesus, God comes to help his people, to help you, simply with his love. All right, but love, of course, is never just a deep down emotion or feeling, right? Love is an action verb, and that's especially true with God. Love takes action. In fact, that scripture passage that I just mentioned that says God is love, that's immediately followed by the words, and this is how God showed his love for us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might have life through him. And there's another one that's kind of similar. I bet you know this one. For God so loved the world... Period? Does it stop there? No. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, right? His love takes action. And we see that here in this story. Not only Jesus' deep down love for this woman, but we see that love take action when he turns to the dead man and raises him back to life. And in that action then, that action motivated by love, we see the second truth that in Jesus, God has come to help his people with life. This past week, uh, I'm sure you've all heard, we've, we've all been hearing a lot about the tragic death of uh, Kobe Bryant, right? And his, his daughter and the others that were with him in that uh, helicopter crash last week. I suspect that uh, there, ha- there was in uh, the town of Nain, which is the, the village that our Bible story takes place in, I suspect that there was kind of the same thing going on. A lot of talk and people are hearing a lot about the tragic death of this man. Jesus addresses him as young man, so he can't be too old and his, his mom is still alive. So, so I really think that probably the people of Nain were all abuzz about what had happened here. And, and, and talking about how tragic this was, that this young man was cut down in the prime of his life. And especially keeping in mind what that meant for the, for the surviving uh, mother. But the fact of the matter is, is that it really doesn't matter whether death comes to young or old or in between. It doesn't matter whether death comes surprisingly to somebody in good health or to somebody who's been suffering with an illness for a long time. No matter what the situation, death is tragic, no matter how you cut it. It's tragic, first of all, because this was not part of God's design. When God created the world, he didn't want there to be coffins. He didn't want there to be funerals. He didn't want there to be cemeteries. This was not the way he intended it to be for us. And death is tragic, secondly, because of why it is now a a fact of life, if you could say that. It is because, as Scripture says, of our sin. The wages of sin is death. When sin came into the world through Adam and Eve, that's when death was born. And now death has come to all of us, affects all of us because all of us are sinners. That's why death is such a tragedy. And in fact... I'll go ahead and be honest with you guys. When I die, it's not going to be because of an accident. It's not going to be because I've had some disease. It's not going to be because I've had a heart attack or whatever. I'll be frank with you. When I die, you can put in my obituary that he died because he was a sinner. That's ultimately the truth of Scripture. But, of course, that's not the end of the story, is it? The good news, of course, is that in Jesus, God has come to help his people overcome this tragedy of death. He has come to bring life. That's what we see here in this story, that, uh, that Jesus stops the funeral procession in its tracks, goes up to the coffin, and says, young man, I say to you, get up. And while all the other people are probably thinking, hmm, this guy's a little crazy, The guy gets up, 
Lo and behold, he gets up and Jesus returns him back to his, his mother with life. Clearly, Jesus is the one to whom even death itself must bow in defeat. Clearly, Jesus is the God who comes to help his people with life. Now, this was no fluke. Uh, in fact, this was the first of three resurrections that Jesus did, not counting, not counting his own. In another uh, instance, another resurrection Jesus did, uh, the resurrection of Lazarus, you may remember, Jesus made a, a, a comment about what that means, that he has raised these people from the dead. Words that are probably familiar to us when he said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And then the part I really like, indeed, any, everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. I mean, how cool is that? Though we die, we don't die, right? That's the mystery of our faith, but the mystery that I believe and that I trust you believe in too because scripture says that. We don't really die. Though our body is laid to rest, we sleep our soul goes to be with God immediately in heaven, lives on with God in heaven. And on the last day, as scripture says, then we too shall have our bodies raised from death to join our souls in life everlasting. The resurrection of the dead that, that Paul was talking about in that second reading we had. In all of that is God's promise of life to you that though we die, yet shall we live. The crown of life that God has in store for us. And so I, 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 I love to join with Paul in uh, his mockery of death, his mocking song in Corinthians, where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? Oh, then you death, you have no victory. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus, in Jesus, God has come to help his people with life. Let me close on a, a little bit of a personal note. As I was going through the text this week, thinking about this, thinking about what I'd say to you, it occurred to me that it was about this very time in early February, 22 years ago, when my father passed away unexpectedly of a heart attack. And even though it's been 22 years, there's a lot of things about that time that, are, that, that I still remember very vividly. But one of the things I remember most about that time is sitting there in the front pew of that church during the funeral service and not being able to sing. If you know me, I love singing, especially the great hymns of Christian faith that we typically sing at funerals. Oh, I wanted to sing. I tried to sing. I could not find my voice that day. But that's just the background. What I really remember most about that situation was hearing the congregation sing for me and sing to me. To hear that congregation, and it was a, a relatively large crowd there that day for the funeral, to hear them sing with gusto those great hymns of our Christian faith that proclaim that there is a victory over death that Jesus has given us, that Jesus has, has given us life. 
And how cool it is that in this text, then, we have this large crowd there that day in this funeral proclaiming that same gospel truth. And so again, I simply say to you guys, listen to the crowd in that story. Listen to that crowd when they say to you that in Jesus, God has come to help his people with his love for you and with the gift of life. God in the person of Jesus has come to help you. And for that good news, all God's people say, Amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you always. Amen.